Welcome back to the Broncos Avenue podcast. This is Amir from Broncos Avenue and my co-host Trayton. Um, very disappointing loss today. We're recapping the Broncos 16-19 loss against the Los Angeles Chargers. In overtime, the Broncos suffer their ninth straight divisional loss on the road and drop to 2-4. and four. And things are not looking good for the Broncos at all this season. Um, this was an absolute must win. I mean, you look at it from every angle. The Broncos really, really needed this divisional win to put them in second and one game back from the Chiefs, and they didn't cash in. Um, they they looked solid, really solid in the first quarter at a 10-0 lead. And then, honestly, from there, they only scored six points the rest of the game, and the offensive line looked abysmal. The defense, as usual, held their own today. I mean, this is one of the highest, highest scoring and uh, just – total like yardage of offenses uh, that they had to face all season is the biggest test. And they, they only held them to 19 points, including overtime. Um, and just Justin Herbert, he uh, in terms of statistics, he had, he had to throw the ball 57 times today. If you guys listen to our ep- last episode, we told you guys if they were going to beat us, uh, they're going to have to beat us through the air, not on the ground. Um, Eckler only had 36 uh, yards today. It's a two point at 2.6 average. Um, Justin Herbert only he threw the ball 57 times today, only at 238 yards, one of his lowest on the season. And he did have a pick. Uh, Baron Brownie picked him off. Um, just overall, very, very, very. This is the most disappointing loss, um, to me that we have faced in a long time. Um, just because, uh, I you know, so much was on the line today. Um, and just so much scrutiny that this team has faced. This team had a 10-11 day break from their uh, Thursday night football loss to the Colts, and they look like the same Broncos offense that just once they they get to 16 points, they just don't they can't get anything past that, and they even struggle to get to 16. Yeah, um, you know, I, I I don't even know where to start here. Uh, this this team just doesn't know how to win football games. Uh, I mean, I feel, I just feel like, a, and that, I mean, that's lazy analysis, but I mean, I feel like a broken record. We come on here and have said the same exact thing. I know, it's the same thing every week. Six weeks. The same thing every week, win or, win or lose. Uh, I the, the Broncos have not played a single game in which I have came away feeling positive. Not a, not a single game. And yeah. I, I, I fire everyone fire hack it like right now. I, I, I don't care. Fire his ass in the locker room. Like this is not, this is embarrassing. It, it is embarrassing. It, it's I, I've never seen a team, especially a Broncos team in my lifetime. Uh, I mean, we're getting on par with the chargers or with the Falcons at this point, we just find new and creative ways to lose every fucking week it's absolutely unacceptable uh this is an extremely poorly coached team extremely poorly coached uh it i mean again i think what what was it we had 141 yards in penalties they ended Uh, up the game with 150 plus yards that's a whole football field plus another half of a football field that is absolutely pathetic yeah, absolutely pathetic. And it's just that cannot happen. You are not going to win football games with penalties like that. You just won't. 
and we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk about him. But Damari Mathis, I, ju- I just want to uh, put this in. Uh, he was responsible for eighty-seven of those yards and penalties. Unacceptable, just blatantly, blatantly unacceptable. It's just crazy. I mean, Kakia was calling a solid game the first half, and just the second half, man, dude, the number. Oh my god, this was as bad as the. And I know it's simple, but this was as bad as the decision to kick the 64-yarder week one. He decided to throw the ball from the shotgun on third and one opening. They win the coin toss. They win the coin toss in overtime. And he decides to – to um, he calls back-to-back runs on the opening drive. I'm okay with that. It was working, uh, uh, like, slightly. And, you know, the first carry was good, about five yards. The second carry only went for four. All right, third and one. It shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be that hard. Run, run the ball. Uh, I mean, I, I'm about to go off like Richard Sherman. I, I honestly, I'm not seeing a single QB sneak this year. That shit almost works 100 percent of the time. It, it was not that. It was not that difficult. Third and very, third and very short. And I felt like that would have kept the drive alive. I understand you're you're, you're kind of trying to mix up the play calling, but that was just terrible. I wouldn't have been mad if it was a play action pass from like an I form or single back formation and you call play action. I wouldn't be mad with the pass option there, but you call a, a pass play on third and one from the gun. Are you kidding me? It's this. We see the same shit, the same formation over and over and over again. It's the most predictable. He just got super predictable with his play calling towards the end. And it was just, and I don't know if this is a result of the play calling, but the receivers were not open worth a shit in the second half and overtime. They were bottled. They were bottled like hell. I mean, we just couldn't get anything open. Me, honestly, I'm not blaming this at all on Russ. I I still think Russ had a solid game, given the fact that, and we're gonna talk about this. This offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL. It's crazy how they went from one of the best to the one of the worst in a matter of the opening weeks of the season. They just have no, and I'll, I'm going to put this on Russ as well. They have no like ability to identify blitzes, and Russell Wilson is is you know half responsible for this as well. And Chris Cooper, the offensive line coach for this team, get him out of the building now by like good riddance. Every morning, leave. get every everyone, everyone but Averro. Uh, See, yeah, Averro, I love Averro. Um, the Hackett thing, I'm still questionable about. Um, just because I I don't know if there'd be a better solution for the rest of the season, but I I mean I I understand where you're coming from. I understand where you're coming from. Um, and dude, that oh my god, that muffed punt. I mean, it wasn't really a muffed punt, but the um in overtime that killed us, bro. That killed us. How unlucky do we have to be for that shit to happen? And that was a great play by the Chargers player, but at least dude, you're that close to being. Montreal knows he's that close to where he's like literally on the ass of his teammate. Let that shit hit the ground and roll back. Oh, why, well, are you, why are you trying to fair catch that? Yeah, well, if if that hits the ground and rolls back, there's no guarantee that it goes into the end zone and then we're pinned down inside the the ten, if not the five. I mean, I'd rather have that than a very high possibility of him muffing that. Like, yeah, well, he, I mean, he knows I, he's backed up. Well, I I don't know. I I, I just I mean, when the ball's punted as a returner, your job is to get the fair catch or get the catch and return it i mean i know in my i just opinion, that's in my opinion that plays on pj lock but 
I mean, you need to have awareness and know where yeah. your teammates are on the field. I mean, um, yeah, that's on both of them to me. But um, yeah, that that hurt us super big. And then, dude, Baron Browning, holy cow! I called this on the last episode. I'm telling you guys, if you guys are not listening to our previews, make sure you guys listen to those because we're we're literally hitting this on the nail every week. I mean, Baron Browning is a future starter in this league, and we're going to get to this. The Broncos, aside from all the negatives, the Broncos have a very good problem at the edge position where they have three starting caliber players. Obviously, Gregory is injured, but they're going to have to make a decision because Bradley Chubb's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Baron Browning looks like he, he wants to be a starter now, and I, I wouldn't blame him. I mean, I don't want to have another situation where we need to – where we have another Shaq Barrett. But – um. Yeah, Baron Browning nearly got to Justin Herbert on that last. Dude, this dude looks faster than prime Von Miller. I mean, this dude's quick. He's insanely explosive. And, you know, given they their their top tackles are injured, but, man, Baron Browning looks so, so good. Um, if he would have got that sack in, on their last drive, uh, that was a insane. Like, all credit to Herbert on that throw. That was one of the most, like, under duress, throws under pressure, throws, I, like, best throws I've seen like by a young quarterback, like of all time. I mean, that was insane to put your team in field goal position. Um, you know, I'm not going to ride them for any reason, but that hurt a lot, the the muff pump. But, you know, we shouldn't have been in that position. I mean, we had multiple opportunities, and this offense just looked like the same. It's the same crap. The offensive line, just having Russ under duress constantly. There was one play where they completely did not account for Derwin James at all, and he came flying off. Um, Drew Tranquil, um, as well, he came flying through completely unblocked. The offensive line just pretending like they're they need to account for uh, a ghost that they need to block off the edge. And while you have a you have mid, your middle linebackers and strong safeties come flying through, they're just it's simple stuff. The offensive line pissed me off a lot today. I mean the penalties. Um, I mean, there wasn't too many penalties, but like too many giving up blitz it was so predictable too they were complete sending full blitzes on every third down and we were not making the adjustments at all and that goes on the coaching staff you can't say otherwise that's completely on the coaching staff well i Um, I think that goes on everyone i mean yeah it it really does um and i mean like then that's and this is why this is why i'm calling for hackett already this is basic shit that like fundamental parts of football like this is stuff that i learned when i was like eight years old learning football this is stuff that your average madden player can it's just like second nature it's like common sense like this is very very basic stuff that we cannot get right uh it, it it's just it blows my mind i mean it's fundamental parts of football that we cannot we we we're incompetent. We cannot get it right. And like, it would be different if we just have had a rough start to the season, uh, lost a few good games. No, we are fine. Like we are, we are prying victory or we are like taking our, we are, uh, just prying ourselves out of the jaws of victory. I mean, like, it's like, we're trying to lose. Yeah. (laughs) It's I've never seen anything like it. I mean, this is fundamental things that we cannot get right, and it's been going on every every week for six weeks. 
there's no excuse for it at this point. And then Russ, uh, you know, I, again, great first quarter, great, uh, it, and I'd say a decent second quarter. It was it, overall a good first half. Second half, I mean, he looked like shit again. And again, still, I'll give it to him for having a good first half, but still missing wide open guys. Uh, it when his his eyes just aren't in the right place. Uh, it, and it's just like, I, I don't walk away from tonight feeling any better about Russ than I did last week. I mean, the, the, what he had one great throw to Jerry. I'll give him that. Other, other than that, I, the throw to Dolchich, I mean, any pro quarterback should be able to make that throw. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I'm not giving Russ any props for, I, congrats for finding a wide open guy. Like that, that, that's expected, not, like that shouldn't be praised. That sh- that should be like a routine play. Uh, I just don't know where to go, even start, or where this offense goes from here. It it's been the same shit every single week for six weeks now, uh, and that's why. And that's why I said this team just does not know how to win football games. Sounds like lazy analysis, but there's only so much you can say when you see the same shit, it, it, like. And it's the exact same thing. Screwing up fundamentals. Penalties killing us. Play, always playing behind the sticks. Uh, being stuck in third and long, all game long. It, it, it's just, it's the same story every week. I don't know what else you can say about this team. It's, this is what we're going to deal with for, uh, what shit, for 11 more games. <laughs> There's no way around it. The defense is going to play out. Uh, play out of their minds and then the offense is gonna struggle to put 16 points a game up i mean it's just it's absolutely pathetic uh i and i at this point i don't know how you fix it all the pieces to the puzzle are here i but i can't i can't explain for the life of me what's going wrong uh you know and obviously the, the offensive line was absolutely abysmal uh but even that, like, this is Russ. And so I take some blame off of Russ to a point. But, in the, you know, at the same time, this is why you traded for Russell Wilson. Like, you want a, a top 10 quarterback to lead you through times of adversity like this. To overcome things like a bad offensive line. Yeah, And, I mean, he's been playing behind one uh, his entire career in Seattle. It's I, I, do, I just don't know where, what's going wrong here. Uh, these are problems that Russ has faced his whole career. Maybe not to this degree, but, I mean, he's Russell Wilson. Like, this is what you traded for. When you're trading for a quarterback like that, and then you go and pay him $245 million right after, you expect him to be able to overcome these types of things. And he's just not. He, he's been, I'd say, probably a, even a bottom – probably a, a bottom 20 or like a bottom five quarterback, maybe in the, in the NFL. It's, it's not just not going well. It's not bad. It's just absolutely abysmal and, and embarrassing. I, uh, we can't even get simple shit like clock management and, uh, and situational play calling. Right. And like you said, I'm glad that you touched on it. The uh, passing out a at a gun, on third and one, I mean, this is like I, I I don't even know if most like your average Madden player would make that call. It's just 
absolute incompetence. I, I like, I seriously don't think I've ever seen this, this level of mismanagement and incompetence from a coaching staff. Uh, and when you see the same issues week after week, after week, after week, that's when I, I point to, I was already sus- like suspicious of it, but now I'm a hundred percent. This, this all goes on the coaches. And then two, well, and then obviously the, the players, they, they take some blame too, but uh, it, it, shit like this is just absolutely unacceptable. Uh, we didn't see this level of mismanagement even last year with Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer. And it's kind of crazy, but I like, I, I, I almost wish we had last year's uh, team and roster back. It, uh, and I never thought I would be saying this, but it, it, I, I just don't know where you go from here. It's six weeks of the same thing. And I, I, I don't know what fixes it at this point. I don't know. The whole Russ thing, um, I feel differently on. I feel like this offensive line is just like today and like the last few weeks have been historically bad. Um, I feel like to a degree um, he does have to do a better job of, you know, calling audibles and helping his offensive line identify these blitzes because they just don't fit. They just don't look any any way like they don't have the basic IQ to pick up those blitzes and help Russ, you know, deliver these throws. But, dude, so many times tonight he was given, like, a fraction of a second to to make something happen. I mean, I don't think any quarterback in the NFL is going to be able to make those kinds of plays. And it was just – it's crazy how much he's under duress because I look at his his time in Seattle and I'm like, dude, he's under more pressure now and he's literally older. Like, how much – and – Tonight, if we want to look at the stats, he was 15 to 28. So, I mean, Hackett didn't have to put too much pressure on him tonight. I mean, um, they ran the ball a total of, it looks like, 29, 32, 33 times, um, 34 if he included his run. But um, I thought in the first half he was using his legs more, and that, you know, that did contribute to some points, field goals, um, some good drives. But when the offensive line is being so awful and they're just steadily getting worse and worse over the game, he wasn't able to do anything. And it's just – and then I saw a lot of the plays, they showed, like, the full uh, screen of, like, all 22 players. And they were – their secondary was just bottling our receivers. And it's like, what what else What else is going to be he going to be able to do? And then, you know, eventually he had to get rid of the ball. But I don't know. Um, I still have a lot of faith in Russell Wilson. I, I, feel, I still feel like Russell Wilson – is great, but I feel like the rest of this team, the coaching staff, is not putting, um, is just not doing enough for th- this team to win. They just, um, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much longer I can say it's a schematic thing because it just looks like the receivers at this point are even poorly coached. And I can't believe, like, I'm saying that, like, Cortland Sun finally had a bad statistical game. He was two catches for 14 yards tonight. He just had no involvement in the offense tonight, and that kind of showed the lack of success because usually we're able to rely on him but um they did they did a good job of covering him um i i'm literally at the point right right now like my voice is my voice is out it's gone i was screaming so much at the tv today um i don't know like like you said i don't know how he fixes man it's it's getting it's getting outrageous because this is one of those games where you're like, okay, you, you had a terrible loss to a good Colts defense. You have a lot of time, uh, a lot of break, a lot of practice to get ready for this game. The Colts had less time um, to get ready for this game. 
and you know they're coming off that squeaky win against the uh, the Browns, and we still we still lose this game. It's absolutely outrageous. Um, Damari Mathis, we said in the podcast um, that we uploaded a few days ago, he was going to be the number one factor in this game, and it, it kind of showed. I mean, the very first play of the Chargers um, drive of the game. They uh, went right away to um, – they looked right away at uh, Damari Mathis' side and it resulted in a 30-yard uh, DPI. Um, I don't know. There was like two or three calls uh, I thought were really questionable tonight. We can kind of touch on this. Um, on Damari Mathis, he was responsible for 87 yards total today. He had like four – he had like four, um, maybe even five um, defensive pass – I believe it was just four defensive pass interference calls today. That's outrageous. Um, the rookie fourth round corner starting opposite from uh, Pastor Tan. By the way, Pastor Tan held Mike Williams to two catches for 17 yards today, just showing more and more why he is the best corner in the NFL. I think after tonight's performance, that's not even up for debate. Like Jalen Ramsey's not holding. I'm sorry, he's not holding Mike Williams to two catches for 17 yards. We can go. I'll have any person come on the show, and we'll debate him. Like PS2 is the best corner in the league. But aside from that, Damari Mathis obviously was a huge factor in tonight's game. And he was getting picked on. Um, he was getting bullied. And I felt like – and we kind of – this was a very um, easy observation in the draft process. And, um, you know, a- after we made this draft pick as well, his uh, his physicality is kind of a strength but also a weakness to him. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, Albright saying he's more of an athlete than a corner. His physicality got a little bit uh, – a little bit of um, – the best of him today that resulted in a few uh, penalties. Um, I don't know. I felt like some of the penalties were absolute BS by the refs. Uh, the roughing the pass that they call on Chubb, um, you know, they said it was helmet to helmet, but that's just some weak shit. Like, come on, let, let's be serious. Is it uh, like poor, poor Justin Herbert? He could have had his career ended by that hit. Like, come on, dude. That is just some penalties were very questionable tonight, but it really doesn't matter because the offense had so many opportunities that they missed on in the second half in overtime. Um, I still, I'm sitting here right now. I cannot believe we lost this game. I don't even know where to go from here. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I mean, I think, and well, I mean, this has been the theme for uh, six weeks now, but I mean, I obviously there's plenty of positive takeaways on the defense. Um, But I mean, outside of that, I don't, I, I don't know what there is to look forward to. Um, you know, we we have no reason to believe that the offense is going to improve, figure anything out at this point. Um, you know, I thought they had something going uh, in the beginning there, and surprise, surprise what happened. Um, it, it's just absolute incompetence just about on every level there is except for the defense. Um, I Special teams is bad. Offense is bad. Russ is bad. Hackett's – it's just like everywhere. Everywhere you look, there is a huge flaw. And none of them I, – I, I don't know how you fix any of it. And now – and I, it's definitely showing like now that the season's started and we've got a little bit of a body of work to work with, but – um, I mean, this this roster obviously has some glaring holes, uh, the offensive line being one of them. 
And I think just about the only position you feel okay at is one of your guard spots. I mean, Quinn Miners is great, but outside of that, um, I didn't, I, I wasn't watching uh, the like players specifically yet. I'll have to give my analysis once I watched the all 22. So I didn't, I wasn't too locked in on Billy Turner specifically, uh, but I mean, the, the interior was bad. There was pressure off the edge. Um, I mean, they they, I, they just couldn't block anyone to save their damn life. Um, yeah, uh, Miners, I don't know, a lot of people didn't talk about this, but uh, Miners had a pretty bad game. Um, you know, okay. obviously, yeah, we, we love Miners here. Obviously, we had an interview with him, but I saw some a few times on the replays, he was just getting um, – he was kind of getting eaten up there in the interior. Yeah, and that's just uh, – and that's not good. I mean, we're looking at an offensive line where, like, literally every – and, I mean, I, you know, a bad game is a bad game. It happens. But mm-hmm. – um, and, and, two, one thing I think is important to note is that I'm with offensive linemen, I, it, someone else blowing a protection or blowing a block, that can affect other offensive linemen as well. So, um, I don't want to – I, th- I think it's a possibility that uh, a lot of maybe Quinn's block, uh, Quinn, Quinn's mishaps tonight maybe weren't entirely his fault, which, again, I'll have to we'll, – we'll find that out once the, the All-22 comes out. But yeah, it's just uh, – I mean, we're looking at an offensive line where quite literally every, every position along the line, all, all five spots need to be addressed. Um, and then at this point uh, – with Jerry Judy, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, he, 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 like, you can see the talent is there. Um, the chemistry with him and him and Russ has been absolutely awful. Mm-hmm. So, and that's probably being generous. Um, every, it seems like every game there's two to three passes that where Judy's running wide open or, and Russ misses him or, uh, Judy is just out running whatever route he's running and then Russ puts the ball in a completely different place. Um, yeah. So it, it's just at this point, I like at, at some point you just need to see production from your first round receiver. And we've yet to see that on a consistent basis from Jerry, regardless of who's at quarterback. Um, and, you know, saying, I mean, and I, one thing I know you said is you said that the, uh, the receivers may be getting coached poorly. I don't need, I, I can't really even attribute that. I mean, uh, Jerry and KJ, they've shown, they've both shown a lot of flashes, but they've never produced on a consistent basis. Um, Cortland Sutton has, like, we know he's a great wide receiver, but even like tonight, uh, you know, he had a two cat, like you said, two catches for 14 yards, no involvement in the offense whatsoever. Um, it's, I mean, it's not like he forgot how to play wide receiver. Um, I, regardless of who's in there coaching him, I mean, Cortland Sutton is one of the best wide receivers. I may probably not top 10, but I'd say he's a top 15, top 20 guy in the league. And I, it's not like they just forget how to play wide receiver. Um, something structurally it's, is wrong with this offense. Yeah. It's the offense as a whole. I think that's one big thing I took away from today. There's a lot of things where I was just like, yeah, it's the same old Broncos. But, no, one thing I took away from the offense today was we can sit here and pick on, like, Jerry Judy and Russ or, 
like we were saying, Quinn Miners or Billy Turner, whatever, whoever it may be. I think it's really just the offense as a whole. Um, I don't think they're working as a team, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. I just feel like chemistry-wise and um, structural uh, scheme, everything is just not working. Um, it feels very awkward, like I've said in the past. Um, it just doesn't feel like uh, – it doesn't feel like there's a, a formula that's working for them at all right now. No, there's, there's really not. And, uh, and again, like, you know, you have to put some blame on the offensive line because again, you know, I mean, it's hard to produce any offense uh, when you're playing, when you're on uh, third and third and 10, third and 15, uh, I mean, and then constant holding penalties, false starts. I mean, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard to generate offense when you're playing like that. But, and this is just my, uh, people are welcome to disagree, but I, I just can't. Uh, I have no answer. Why Why did you trade? Why did you give up as many assets as you did for Russell Wilson? Why did you pay him $245 million if he cannot overcome adversity? Um, yeah, it's... And obviously, like, yeah, the Texans game, the Niners game, uh, he's had some great, great moments uh, in late game, but we haven't been able to see him sustain it for four quarters. Um, uh, the te- Even, like, week two, the Texans, the offensive line, it, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad that day. Um, wasn't bad at all, really. And uh, we still saw just completely failed to generate offense. Um Week three, not even close to as bad as it's been uh, in the last two weeks, and he we we still couldn't generate offense, um, and that's that's kind of where I like that's where I'm going with this is like there there are far more problems with this offense than just the line, uh, and again it's just you have a 245 million dollar quarterback that you just gave gave up a shitload of assets for. Uh, I expect him to be able to overcome adversity. And I'm not saying he has to go out there and just run for his life. And I expect him to become Patrick Mahomes and score 40 points a game. That's not what I'm saying at all, but I, I do expect it to look better than this. I mean, it's not just bad. It's not average. It's awful. It's abysmal. It's like almost it's, it's embarrassing and unwatchable. We are the laughing stock of the league right now, at least in my opinion. Uh, and, and this is just unacceptable with the talent that's on this roster with the man you just paid $245 million at quarterback. Uh, just games like these and games like the first six weeks are just absolutely unacceptable. Um, it, 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 I just, I, again, I, I'm just so, I'm in shock. I, I just don't know how you, uh, I don't know how you bounce back from here. Um, it's hard to, and you know, another thing we should probably touch on, uh, I, I, it's really hard for me to imagine, uh, Hackett or Russ having the locker room at this point. Um, and if, if they do, that's great, but it, it, I just don't know, uh, there's nothing positive, nothing positive to look forward to or to say about the offense. I just, I, I have absolutely no words and i i have no clue where we go from here um and obviously and then one thing i will i will say uh you know 
firing Hackett as far as like the offensive side of the ball and well, and, and just the general outlook of the entire team. Um, firing Hackett is not going to fix anything, but um, I'm just at the point where I think you have to. I, I, I just have not seen mismanagement and incompetence like this through, uh, through six weeks of any NFL head coach, regardless of how young and experienced um, or knew they were, I, I've never seen anything like this from a uh, from an NFL coach. It, you know, it, the mistakes he's making, uh, some of the play calls that he's made, um, it, it's just it, it's like he's out there, like he thinks he's playing Madden or something. It, it uh, just. I could go on and on and on about the play calls, the game management, the situational uh, decisions. It's it's just it goes on and on and on, and it, it hasn't gotten better. The only department in which you could say he has improved is clock management, and that's because we have someone in his ear to help him with it. Uh, and I just... I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know where I sound like a broken record. I just don't know where you go from here. I don't know how you fix it. Um, we have no reason to believe that the offensive line isn't going to play. Uh, we have no reason to believe that they're going to play better. And even if, I mean, I, and that's, that's my problem is I, I just, even if like, and again, the, the offensive line has been a huge problem this season, but even if I, we could have the best offensive line in the league, um, receivers just aren't open aren't open out there. Russ isn't seeing guys. And when they, yeah, then when they are open, Russ isn't seeing it. Um, it at least not consistently. Um, it, and then the, I think the accuracy was a lot better tonight. Um, I'll give him that, but through five games, he, Russ has been horribly inaccurate. And that's like, those are things that you can't blame on the offensive line. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know what the problem is. I don't, uh, I'm not completely out on rest yet, but I'm getting damn close. Uh, yeah, this is a $245 million quarterback. He should be able to figure this shit out. <laughs> well, yeah, to be fair, um, you know, obviously I still have a lot of confidence in Russ, but when you do say, you know, he's a $245 million quarterback, he should be playing like a $245 million quarterback. But, you know, there is a lot of different factors that play into it, and just this offense isn't working. Um, and there's just so many things that we didn't expect to be as bad and below average as they are. But, you know, that's that's how it is. Um, it's it, I was just thinking while you're saying that it's crazy how he, you know, um, I love Russ, but he, you know, he, he, he thought he could leave the Pete Carroll offense and kind of show that he doesn't need him. And he could still be a great player and put up the same stats that he was. But. Man, I mean, I haven't had a chance to. I believe right now his uh, touchdown interception ratio is at like five to three, or something like that. That's just. Are you like seriously, through six games, your touchdown interception ratio is five to three? That's Teddy Bridgewater could do better than that. Drew Lock could do better than that. Trevor Simeon could do better than that. Case Keenum could do better than that. Joe Flacco. I mean, dude, it's insane. It, I mean, this is Russell Wilson. We we're paying like half of. Pat Mahomes' contract or, you know, whatever. But, man, that's – if you were to, if you were to tell me, like, before week one that the Broncos would be at a nasty 2-4 and four record, 0-2 in the AFC West, 2-4 and four through six weeks, um, just multiple, like, one-possession leads, re, uh, 
games where you just can't close it out. Um, and even our wins, even our wins, it's not like we're winning by our two wins. We, we literally barely squeaked those out. They were kind of like, I don't mean to discredit the team, but they were kind of like poverty wins. So it's crazy that the Broncos are like a 0-6-esque team right now. Um, I I absolutely can't believe this. I, I like seriously, the Denver Broncos 2-4 and four with Russell Wilson, uh, offensive-minded head coach who we thought would be at least solid for us. Um, this is, uh, this is outrageous. Um, as a Broncos fan, I don't blame you if you, if you have a lack of confidence moving forward. Um, this is crazy. The Broncos schedule up ahead They're They have to, uh, they, they go back home. I mean, that's at least a bright spot. Um, the Broncos, I believe the season are two and one at home, um, or two and two. I'm not sure, but, um, they they go back home, face the Red Hot Jets on October 23rd. Um, and then they face the Jags the next week um, in Jacksonville. I'm sorry, not Jacksonville, in London. Um, yeah, that's gonna, that one's going to be at around uh, 7, 8 in the morning. And uh, then they face the Titans. Then they have to play the Raiders again, another division opponent. Um, these should be easy wins, but you at this point, I, do, I don't even know what to say. Um, obviously we're going to have more episodes breaking down this team and, uh, previews and just kind of speculating and trying to figure out what really is internally and structurally going wrong for the Broncos and, you know, how they can fix it. So make sure you guys kind of tune in with that, but I want to go ahead and close this out, this episode out with a, a big topic that is going to be talked about for the rest of this next week. And, um, a lot of fans are upset about the loss, but one thing that has kind of gone all under the uh, radar is Melvin Gordon being benched, the third-string running back, a big topic um, and drama that's going to be, you know, talked about amongst Broncos country for the next um, six, seven days. He had three carries for eight yards the first half, and we didn't see him after that. He looked extremely – he had extremely, like, negative body behavior on the sidelines. He wasn't talking to anybody. He was on the bench by himself. He even shook his head in frustration when Latavius Murray – had a first down. I don't know if that was intentional, but that's outrageous. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if the Broncos would get something out of him, but it looks like he, him and Albert O might be traded this uh, upcoming week, which, by the way, Albert O was a healthy scratch tonight, a bit of a, a surprise. And Greg Dulcich looked really good, um, I thought. He was a second-leading receiver on the team. Um, and if he was given more opportunities – Obviously, uh, Russ missed him on the open opening drive, wide open for the first down. And but if he was given more opportunities and he um, got better looks, he probably would have had a really a really good, really good game. But yeah, Albert O and Melvin Gordon look like they might be on their way out before the trade deadline. Yeah, uh, and I I sure as hell hope that whoever. Uh... I don't know what these trades will look like, but I actually didn't. I mean, as much as I, I've been a, I've, I wouldn't say a Melvin Gordon hater, but I think I've been a realist uh, just about his fumbling problem. And God, one thing I, one thing I, I tend to notice about this fan base is that they just kind of they ride the the trend with whatever's whatever sounds good at, at a specific time. And I, I remember when we re- uh, when we brought back Melvin this summer, I saw mostly positive comments uh about the move just because he is an effective back just can't hold on to the ball um 
And when the way that I look at it is I remember, I think back to those games like last year that he specifically lost us himself, the Eagles and the Chiefs game. Um, and, and then uh, the, the Raiders game this year, I mean, that, that, is, that is exactly why uh, I was not in favor of bringing him back. Uh, you think, oh, well, you, you know, you can deal with two fumbles a year. Well, not when those fumbles matter. matter. Uh, I mean, if you really think about it, one, even one is too much. Because that fumble, you you never know that could cost that like that one fumble could cost you your season. Um, it's it, and those are the things that I think about when I think about bringing a player like him back. Is it, it's and like another thing, you know, like that Chiefs game last year. Uh, you know, when we're we're playing the Chiefs, like imagine that was a win and get in game, like. Yeah. That and that's that that is something, and I guarantee you, if it was, uh, the forecast on signing Gordon uh, Melvin Gordon wouldn't have been as positive as it was. Uh, but th- I think that's I think at this point in the season, um, as much as I do not like Melvin and I don't want him handling the ball, uh, unless Pat uh, unless Peyton has the trade worked out that we're getting a running back in return or unless there's an option on waivers that I'm not aware of. Uh, I, I don't understand that, that at this point in the season, like you, what, like you, you're not a backfield with Latavius Murray and Mike Boone just ain't going to work. Uh, and if, if we thought that the offense was going to be bad or if we, if we think the offense is bad now, God, I don't even want to know what it's going to look like weeks from now. Uh, you know, the the run worked great tonight. That's I don't think that's sustainable, especially with this offensive line. And uh, I yeah I don't I don't understand how you can just for the rest of the season trot Latavius Murray and Mike Boone out there behind this offensive line uh, when you have no juice in the running game. I mean what at at this point like where. Uh, like where where can you generate off? I mean, because now it's gonna be it's gonna be even harder on Russ uh, when you have no real threat of of a running game. Can't get that established. Then you're gonna be forced to be more pass heavy, and uh, and through six weeks of the season, we've already seen that that's not gonna be effective. The the passing offense is pretty. Much, I'd say it's dead in the water at this point. Um, and I this offense is just abysmal and it doesn't look to be getting any better unless uh, George Payton surprises me. And I, I certainly hope he does, but I actually, uh, as much as I hate Melvin's fumbling issue, I don't know what other options you have at this point uh, other than Melvin, because even with his fumbling issue, I don't know if there's a better option. And uh, I, at this point, I think you need to just, give Melvin his carries and let him ride out the rest of the season. But, uh, and again, unless there's, uh, something that, unless we're getting a back in return, uh, with one of these potential trades, I, I don't really understand it, but, um, yeah, uh, I guess from here, I guess you just gotta, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a long, long 11 weeks. Huh. It's going to be a long ass season, and I don't, I don't, I don't expect it to get any prettier. It's kind of crazy because I felt like a sense of relief whenever uh, I saw Melvin Gordon on the sideline. They kind of, 
announced on the broadcast that he was demoted to the third string running back. Um, it's just gotten to that point um, where even if even him in a new fresh game um, against his uh, former team, even if he was going to have a good game, I still always have that anxiety that he's going to fumble the game away. And when we were still in it, um, I just felt more comfortable with riding with Latavius Murray um, and Mike Boone. Um, and they and they literally only gave Mike Boone one carry for a yard tonight. So Russell Wilson had more carries than Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone. Um, so that says that. Um, yeah, it's just I, I don't even know what to say anymore. Um, we're gonna we're we we're, we got to the point where you know this was a must-win game and we didn't get we didn't we didn't do it. So at this point, the team's just gonna have to earn the fan base's trust back because. Now you're sitting at two and four. There's still a lot of football left, but you're going to have to make a serious run. I mean, the AFC is loaded. They're packed with very good teams. Um, and now, you know, since you lost to the Chargers, um, you're real, You're going to have to definitely beat the Chargers the next time you play them, definitely beat the Raiders the next time you play them, and hopefully maybe get one against the Chiefs to give yourself an advantage in the AFC standings. And then aside from that, you're just going to have to, like, basically win out the rest of the other games that you have. I mean, the Broncos realistically can only afford to lose, like, three, maybe four more games the rest of the season. And there's there's still multiple games left. I mean, you just look at it, look at it like that on paper. Um, they're two and four. So, realistically, they can only they, – they have to win, like, eight more games or seven seven more games for the rest of the season and only lose, like, three or four. So, and, and that's the biggest problem. I mean, if you look at the the later part of our schedule, it's brutal. Yeah, I mean, and they I just actually, they put himself in a really tough position with an easy a cakewalk start to this uh, season. They just terrible. Yeah, you know, that's that's what I mean. I mean, uh, and I, I'd say it's pretty safe to say that the season, like this season, is over. Um, I at least I think so. Obviously, you know, it, it's never over till it's over but um i mean like that and that that was my takeaway and i mean shit even in in july uh like months before the season started i looked at the schedule and i already knew we were gonna have to start hot if we want to have a chance at the playoffs we have to be damn near perfect against bad teams and with the roster i i didn't think that that would be much of a problem uh but Obviously, now we're sitting at two and four. Um, we've lost games to we. I mean, we've lost extremely winnable games, uh, and it, it like it, there's no hope. It, there's no reason to have hope, especially after what we've watched for six weeks straight. Um, and I, I mean, yeah, you got the Jets, the Jags, and those are uh, and the Cardinals. Those are probably your three easiest games for the rest of the year. But I mean, like, uh, hoping to get one against the Chiefs this year, hoping to get – I mean, I, I, that's not even a possible – like, I, I genuinely believe with this coaching staff, with this – just the, the current state of the team, I genuinely believe that this team is significantly worse than the Pat Shermer uh, and Vic Fangio-led team last year was. Um, I, I would feel ten times more confident with our chances uh, – at least for this year. Yeah, uh, I saw I saw on Twitter um, someone say that from week six all the way till week eighteen, the Broncos have the 
the easy, like the easily the hardest schedule in the NFL, um, yeah. according to like uh, you know record strength. Um, and yeah. then it's crazy that you say the three hard, the three easiest opponents are going to be the Jets, Jad, Jags, and Cardinals, which the Cardinals are getting D hot back, and um, you know they're looking hungry. And then the Jets and Jags are they're good. I mean the the Jags are still kind of underrated. They they competed with the Colts, almost won that one. And then the Jets the Jets look good. Um, I have a strong opinion about the Jets. I feel like they're frauds, but that we could save that for a different day. But um, oh, they are. Yeah, the Jets are frauds. At this People point, are... at, I mean, at this point, fraud or not, I I I would have them favored over Denver. Well, yeah, when it comes to Denver, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this, but I I'm scared of the Jets against Denver. Um, I feel like our defense would do well against them, but we'll we'll save that for our pregame. But it's crazy that um, our three easiest opponents for the rest of the schedule are teams that can still sneak into the playoffs realistically. Um, yeah, that's it's looking very, very, very tough for Hackett and this team. Um, you know, I will seriously like I'll bow down and like praise Hackett if he can something somehow pull something out of his ass and just go on an insane winning streak and uh, win for the rest of the season. I know people were uh, having like the weird uh, nostalgia saying, um, yeah, the Broncos started two and three and had the Chargers week six on Monday night football and ended up winning that game and turn it around one 11 straight games. Well, you know, now that we lost this game, um, I mean, if you're still going by that logic, I guess the, uh, the tradition is broken now. So, and maybe we'll go and lose 11 straight. <laughs> Yeah, and the sad thing is, is I mean, being bad and losing games, like there's not even anything to look forward to then. It sucks. It really sucks because this the, the thing that makes it so terrible is that we hype this team up so much, and not just us, but the rest of the NFL. They gave us literally like six primetime games through uh, – I'm sorry, four primetime games through six weeks. They thought we were, They literally thought we were going to be insane, like just get off to it a very hot start and be one of the most entertaining teams in the NFL. But no, we've been the, literally the exact opposite of that. And just the NFL in general thought Russell Wilson was going to be an MVP favorite and thought the Broncos were just going to be this really interesting team and great offensive team. That was going to be fun to watch, but it, that's just what makes it the worst. It's just the fact that we had such high expectations and we've performed to the absolute low. Um, and there's just nothing, like you said, nothing positive to look forward oh, to. God. I mean, our defense is going to be entertaining to watch. What well, What is it? Russell Wilson has a hamstring injury per Mike Kliss. Well, Brett Rippin era, I guess. Yeah, uh, it doesn't doesn't say anything about severity, or and I mean, he played the whole game, so I I gotta assume that it's not that bad. But, um. Hey, you know, I, I guess we can, uh, and I, I don't know, maybe I might get shit for this, but uh, to lighten up the mood, and, and I guess we could end on a good note, um, we got improvement in one area, and maybe this only matters to me, but uh, Russell Wilson did not finish his presser with Let's Ride. I was right about to say that. He yeah, knows. that's actually kind of uh, concerning in a way. Um, he always uses that as like his uh, optimism, uh, optimistic mechanism, I guess, uh, to I don't know keep Broncos fans uh, with faith. I don't I don't know. Uh, if he thinks that saying 
Broncos country, let's ride at the end of a press conference. If he thinks that that's going to help our feelings, then I died. And I, I think that's why he didn't say it. He figured it out now. Maybe he's going to stop his uh, high-fiving routine too. Yeah, the fact that the fact that it took this long is already concerning. But, uh, um, I yeah, I I'll just put it out that I'm sure I'm sure anyone that has listened to a single episode of this podcast and has half of a brain, I'm sure you already know that I'm not a fan of the 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 catchy one-liners about adversity and the let's ride bullshit. Uh, I mean, you can, you can be corny. Like if you're winning, you can do that. But I like I'd go out there and win fucking football games, and then you can be corny. I, I'm done with the the corny bullshit until until then. Uh, I just like I don't know why. I just feel like that like shit like that. I feel like it rubs off in the in the worst ways when you're losing. Um, I I just don't. Dude, like, oh my god. It, Dude, just oh a, a corny a corny slogan like that is the last thing I want to hear after a loss like this or the one last week. Dude, guess what? What's that? Let's ride. Oh god. <laughs> I had to. So, um I mean at least at least we got some laugh out of tonight. Uh Yeah, that's true. I don't know what the fuck we would do without humor cuz man, it's going to be a long season. Oh man. Uh, I can't say I'm looking forward to watching the rest of it, but I it, at least I got this, man. Win or loss, I look forward to this. Well, uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. That's going to be it for tonight. Um, we touched on the uh, Melvin Gordon situation with the Broncos, Alberto situation as well. The offense, Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, um, the recap. Uh, not a lot of positive things to look forward um, you know, to take away from this game. Um, it's just, we just still look like this very below average offense, but the defense is still the best defense in the NFL. Um, the, the chargers, they had a tough time putting points on the board, the board today. Um, they're, you know, really their only opportunity to put points on the board was, uh, their warrior, Dustin Hopkins, which by the way, you know, kudos to him. He, he fucked up his leg and still, still deliver those field goals for them. So, I mean, good for him, but, um, yeah, the Broncos uh, fall to two and four today. Um, our next episode that we're going to be releasing um, should be in the next uh, coming days. Um, if you guys enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a rating, uh, follow on Apple and Spotify. Um, and, you know, appreciate all the support, seriously, through the rough times. I know I know it can, it can be difficult, but, you know, we like putting out these episodes for you guys. Um, so make sure you guys have notifications on. Um, the support means the world. Um, that's going to be it for today, uh, tonight's episode. Hope you guys can keep a positive lookout on the rest of the season. Um, I know it's, you know, it's difficult, but, um, hope you guys can stick with us. Um, and, you know, stick with, stick with our rants as usual. Uh, it's always fun doing these episodes. Um, but yeah, until the next one, peace.